more points online. We are honored that you're joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash mystory. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and choose to get there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's Word today. I'm excited about this series because it's been something that's been on my heart for months and um, we're getting to it now. And this picture is going to make more sense to you as we go on in the series. So if you're a guest with us today, I'm honored that you're here. We are honored that you're here. We're pumped up. Come on, somebody. We are excited that y'all decided to join us today for worship. And this is what I want you to know is even if this isn't your church home, you can watch us online, you can hang out with us, and we would be honored if you would come back next week and the next and the next until the Lord comes home. Come on. But this address, the mess, is about more than just we're bad. It's about that there's a reason for this. And so if we can be honest in the room, if we can be honest in the room, here's the deal that we would all say. All of us understand what a mess looks like and where we're going and, and that sometimes it looks like the direction that I'm heading in is a mess. If y'all are in this room and you have air, say yes. yes. You didn't have to agree with me. I know you already do. So, so not to be elementary, but y'all lean in with me for a second. This is what a mess is. I got this straight from Webster's or just the web. I don't know if it's Webster anymore, but y'all know what I'm talking about. This is what a mess is. A dirty or untidy state of things or a place. Like, if y'all have ever been alive, you understand this, right? So, you're allowed to talk. I need y'all. This is important today for y'all to lean in with me and give me some help to preach this with me. It's a situation or state of affairs that is full of difficulties. <laughs> Has anyone ever faced a state of affairs that is full of difficulties? Yes. Y'all did good. That was amazing. Because our life is a sometimes. So the title of today's message is very simple. Everybody say it with me. Address the mess. Address the mess, because that's what we're going to do. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. Sometimes in our lives, we can't see that our life is heading for destruction. But a lot of times, a lot of times, we see the direction we're going in is not good. And, and the direction that we're currently heading or the, or the path that we're taking is a, is a path of a mess. And it, when I say that to you, you don't have to take long to think about it because you think, oh, Lord, yes, 2017. <laughs> it was a mess, right? Y'all should never watch this movie, but we need a broom because it's a mess. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Never watch it. It's the campaign. All right, here we go. We'll keep going. <laughs> but whenever you think about a mess, you probably understand what it's like to be heading in that wrong direction. But, 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 maybe even deeper than that because I know all of y'all can participate in this part. Because at some time, y'all were all kids. Now, I know we got rule followers in this room. You're the people that have never colored outside the lines in your entire life. And I make you so nervous because I'm willing to cut. As a matter of fact, let me not use the word willing. I only color outside the lines to God be the glory. For the people that color inside the lines, you probably only had a messy room one time in your life. But even if that's that one time, y'all can still understand what I'm talking about. Because you had a sister or a brother or a friend that was like me. So how many of y'all can remember the time in your life that your mama saw your room? Mother's Day, we celebrate you, mamas, and we're sorry for this, but we're just going to keep going. That, that your mama saw your room in the state that it was in, and she said, oh, my gosh, look at that. 
Talk to me. Now, holy people in the room, I'm not talking to you for a second, but you still listen. But for the rest of us rule breakers, what did we do with that mess? Y'all better talk to me. I'm not even going to say it. What did we do when the mess was in our room and we were supposed to clean it up? Under the bed. What else? In the closet. Y'all, I told you you could preach it for me. Someone said the drawers. My drawers were already full of a mess. Come on. My drawers? That means you got to fold the clothes. What? Why are you going to fold what you're going to put on? Somebody better talk to me in here. Goodness gracious. An iron. That's what the steam button on the dryer's for. I'm preaching right now to somebody in this room. Look, it makes sense, right? Because this is the deal with the mess. Is I walk into the room. My mama has seen that it is a disaster area. That's, a, that's actually the word that she would use. And so I would look at it and go, I got two decisions. I can take lots of time, which seems dumb, right? Or I can just address the mess with my foot. And then sometimes you got to pile it up a little bit in the closet, but I feel like a little Eminem right now. You know, I'm sorry, Mama, I never meant to hurt you. But tonight, I'm cleaning out my closet. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, but don't even worry about it. But the easiest thing to do is for us to just push it under because here, like, my room would get a little bit incredible. Like, uh, two people in here spent the night when I was growing up, and they could say amen real loud right now because we couldn't even get to the bed, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, it was a mess for real. And so it was just like you would navigate through it, right? And you would make sure that you had a path. But eventually she'd come in, she'd tell us to clean it up. We'd get it swept under. And then we'd do this. Y'all remember? Mom! I can go outside and play now because, y'all, young people, let me talk to you. We did not have I anything back in the day, right? We had I play outside. So, so we would try to get it cleaned up so we could go play and have fun and do whatever we used to do before I things. And, and, and that she would come in, and I don't know how we kept fooling her because y'all are with me. She'd come in and say, okay, you can go play. And I was like, got her again until we didn't because y'all remember this day. First, I don't even know why she did this. It hurts my feelings a little bit, but she would come in, and she'd look at her back. She'd go, Mark Haston Pangle. Y'all know when you hear that middle name, it's on. Come on. <laughs> and I'd come in, and now there was already another mess, right? We know. But then uh, she looked in the closet and under the bed, and then I looked and went, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Like, I don't even know what to do right now because that really was the only way we could clean it up at that point. And it's crazy because it just keeps piling up. And then at that point, this is honestly what would go through my head. I ain't got enough space. Because I can't get that and this and this. <laughs> There's no more room, right? There's no more room. And you know what's funny about my room and your room and what we used to do? <laughs> Some of y'all like used to. <laughs> Still do it is our lives really feel that way a lot of times. Because the reality of our life is this. Some of us have walked in this church today with such a mess. We're so embarrassed by what it looks like that for the last six months, the last year, and you know what, let's be real in here right now. The last 20 years, we've been sweeping it under the bed of our lives, trying to make sure that mama doesn't see it or whoever that person is that we hope doesn't see it. And we think things like this in our minds, and I know you're like me in this way. 
what if they ever saw that mess of mine? I better put it in that closet. I better make sure that they can never see it. And we start telling ourselves these things. If they ever really knew what my life was like, if they ever really knew that my thought life was nuts sometimes and that I get paranoid in my life, start looking over my shoulder thinking someone's going to take something from me that's not even mine to take. And we start looking around and we start thinking all these unbelievable things about ourselves and if they see it, what will they think? And so in our lives, we think about the mess a lot, y'all. We, we think about all the things that, that I have to juggle around in my life and the direction that we're going, really, if we can be real in here, the direction that I'm going in my life just becomes kind of faded in the back. I'm not too worried about the direction. I'm just trying to make it through the day because I'm juggling all this stuff in my life and it's, it's, a, it's a mess. And, and so for the pastor to stand up here and to say, address the mess. I don't know how to address the mess. There's too much mess to address. Is anybody with me in here? And so the goal of this series and what I want y'all to know is this. We're going we're gonna to tear apart what the Bible says about how we should be doing this. But today, the big thing that I want to cover, and it's an overview of the entire thing, is that all of us are dysfunctional, y'all. Like, listen, let me give y'all a pass right now as we continue on. We all have crazy dysfunction in our lives. But if we don't address the dysfunction, if we don't address the mess, the biblical way that God showed us we can do it, then the direction that, we, that we're going in will continue to be dysfunctional. Because here's what we love to do. We love to look and say, this country is headed for disaster. Our country, we need better leaders because it's a mess. But we sure don't want to look at our own room, do we? We sure don't want to see the direction that we're going in. And so David is one of the most fascinating characters in the Bible to me. I think he's, I think he's a fascinating man. And I'm going to tell you all something. What's, what's so cool about him is, y'all, David had a mess. I'm talking about, like, mess. <laughs> David made a mess a lot. David had one of his best friends in the whole world killed because he slept with his wife and she got pregos, y'all. That ain't good. Are y'all with me so far? I know you think you got a mess, but the dude that wrote Psalms had a like big. But here's the one thing that's so cool about him is the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. And heart is what's for grabs today. Heart is what we're talking about today because this is what leads me to the mess. The Bible says this, y'all, out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth speaks. And then Proverbs 4 says that I should, above all else, guard my heart because it's the wellspring of life. So if this is a mess, guess what else is? Everything else. And this is the room, this is the direction, this is the stuff that we're going to look at today. In Psalm chapter 1, the very first verse, the very first chapter in Psalm, he's like, tell you what, if your life's a mess and it's going in the wrong direction, let me help you with that. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And y'all, the direction you're going has a lot to do with the way that you're walking. Are y'all awake today? Come on. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And in the next couple of weeks, I want to tear down what some of that means even more. But I think we can all agree today that all of us feel the weight of walking not. Or maybe some of us can feel the weight of that we are walking with the wrong people that we're standing in the wrong way and that we're seated around the wrong group. And our hearts have been 
cluttered and are messy. And then the very next verse he gives it is so fascinating. He's like, but those people that do that, this is not who I'm talking to. He said, but blessed are those people who don't do that because this is where your delight is. Everybody say delight. But it says his delight is in the law of the Lord and, and on his law he meditates day and night. On his law. He meditates day and night. He says his delight is in the law of the Lord. This is where it's going to start getting good, so I need y'all to lean in with me. Because it's so easy for me to see your mess. Like, if I just look out, I go, mess, mess. We can play mess, mess, mess. Like, not duck, duck, goose, just all messes, right? We can't clean it up. It's too bad. And I can see it, I can see it, I can see it, and then I get in front of the mirror and go, I'm good. And I've learned this recently about myself, is that when I'm considering what you think about me, or I'm considering what I think about you above some of the other stuff, I definitely am in trouble with my own mess. I open my heart up to all kinds of junk. But I want to explain to you for a second what delight and meditate means because I think we kind of have a false sense of what these two things mean, y'all. Because if you're like me, you used to think meditate meant you had to do an Eastern religion and sit crisscross applesauce, come on somebody, and hum. Everybody say hum. That's not, y'all did good. That's not what meditate means. That may be a form of meditation and it's fine, but this is literally what it means. To ponder with gladness all that is good. That's literally from the Greek, or that's Hebrew, from the original language, that's literally what it means. To ponder all that is good. Well, what is good in your life? What we're supposed to be delighting in is pleasure found in appropriate desire. Everybody say Pleasure. Do you know when you say that word, something comes to your mind and it's probably not always good? Like for some reason, we've taken the word pleasure and we've made it sinful. I need you to know that what God has called you to do is find pleasure that is appropriate in him. And, and, but we've made this sinful. <laughs> it's not. Literally, you are pleasuring in something. And the Bible describes this as the direction that my life is going. That what you delight in is where you're going. Your direction is defined by what you delight in. Your heart has decided to cling to something. And this is what most Christians would say. So if you're a Christian in here, I'm talking to you. If you're not, I'm excited that you're here. And I'm going to get to you in just a second, but y'all stay with me. But if you're a Christian in here, this is what we would say. Well, pastor, when I was nine, I prayed at that vacation Bible school. That's awesome. Praise God. I believe if you called on the name of the Lord, you really might be saved. And if you meant it in your heart, you really are. But that sure don't mean that's the direction you're going. It just means you got out of hell. That your eternal destiny is no longer hell. But your life is full of a mess because you've never set your path, your course on him. You've delighted in something else. And so I want to help you define what we delight in. I want everybody to take a, your pens out. Your, your worship guide's out, and I want y'all to take a second and do this with me. Everybody in the room, and I'm talking to men too because I know we don't take notes because we're better at remembering things, wink, than ladies are. But I want y'all to honestly answer this question, honestly. What is the thing in my life that I'm most afraid of losing? I mean, just whatever comes to your mind. Don't, take, don't, don't, don't try to be spiritual, please. The Bible. If someone took the Bible, that ain't true. No need for us to lie. If you ain't opened it this week, that ain't it. Come on, somebody. What's the thing? Like, be honest. It can be a person. 
A lot of times it's going to be a person. But what is the thing? What is the person? What is the thing? And let me help you know what the answer is if you can't think of it. What's the thing that you've been thinking about the most this week? Because that's the thing that you're afraid of losing. What's the thing that you're obsessed with? What's the thing that you're most afraid of losing? Because for me, I want to answer this question with you because it's changed a lot over the years. I remember when Lee and I first got married. I'm embarrassed to tell y'all this, but I'm just going to tell it anyway because I might as well be honest with y'all and let y'all laugh at me. Because <laughs> at least we could pick a good one if we're going to pick something other than God to put our full devotion in. Right? It used to be for about, I don't know how many years, but it was not like months. It was the South Carolina Gamecock football team. You're allowed to laugh. Here's how I know in hindsight that it was my delight. Because it would control my whole weekend. And if you let them lose, and they did. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Then that just got bent out of shape. And I would cuss and carry on and be mean to my wife. Y'all, what? Because 18 to 20-year-old young men, if you're that age in here, I love you. You just don't get to control my life <laughs> anymore. Let me just say it that way. I mean, I would sit there and scream. Not cheering. I think going to the games is fun. Y'all can be cool with it. But it's the thing I spent most of my money on. Y'all, there was a year I went to 11. Out of 11 games, we didn't make a bowl game that year, so it was only 11, and that was back when they played 11 regular season games, and I'm going to be done in just a second, so let me keep talking. Are you kidding me? They won like five freaking games. This is me being real. Y'all just stay with me. And at the time, I would just say, I'm just passionate. We love to use that word. I'm just passionate about it. Nope. I found my, let's go backwards, delight in the Gamecocks, and that is hilarious. Are you serious? At least a person can talk back to me. I, they did not know me. I did not go to school there. I went to Harvard on the Hill. That's North Greenville, everybody. I did not even go... I did not even go to the University of South Carolina and ain't none of them ever done nothing for me or me for them. I used to call them wee. There ain't no wees. I did not have a rat in my pocket. There was no wees. Some of y'all will get that later. You can tell your friends. I spent so much energy and time. Listen, time and money tells you your delight. And we can't stand this because we go, well, he is, hmm, that's too far. No, 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 that's your direction. Listen to me, listen to me. For real, the Gamecocks were deciding my destiny. <gasps> they can't even do their destiny sometimes. <laughs> Listen, I now enjoy the Gamecocks. If they lose, I'm cool with my wife again. They don't get to decide if I'm going to be nasty to my spouse. But as funny as this sounds, some of y'all in here are being controlled by your team. A team of people playing a sport. If you're in the sport, if that's your job, that's a little different, but it still shouldn't control you. Everybody say control. That's the word. Then there's some of us that remember the days of dating. Some of y'all might be there. And we remember that all we could think about is how handsome he was. You would have said at the time is. But that cat got, got grown up and got nose hairs now, and you don't think it anymore. Come on, somebody. 
needs to manscape because something has happened, right? Get them things out. But at the time, it was all we could think about. It was all we could think about, like literally our whole life. So we would get prettied up. This is not me. I felt weird when I said we. Y'all would get prettied up <laughs> and make sure. And, and, and if anyone saw, if anyone saw him talking to somebody else, y'all remember? If anyone saw her talking to somebody else, it consumed us. And then we spent all of our money and all of our time trying to make sure that we had their affection and that they were locked in on us. And where our affection, y'all remember this from a few weeks ago, is? That's where our direction is. Because we find delight in what our heart, what most, let's try that one more time because that was easy for me to say. We find our delight in what we find most desirable, most pleasurable, what we want the most. And so y'all, even spouses can become idols of our hearts. And I'm going to tell you a big one. And I am meddling. And it is Mother's Day. And I love you with the love of the Lord. But this ain't a woman problem, y'all. Let's not for a second say it's a woman problem. Because you let a daddy go to an athletic event, and dude has done lost his mind. I ain't ever heard some of these cats yell at, yell at people their entire lives. You get their kids on the court. You are picking on my kids. And I'm like, for real, that dude's making $20 to referee a game. And you're yelling at them right now. $20. Y'all listen to me. You ain't going to see me in stripes for no $20. The stripes will go this way. I ain't wearing nothing. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And then we would argue, we would argue, well, I'm not obsessed with my children. Hang on a second. Let me hang out with this cat back here because we can't identify our mess. We can't identify that that's pulling me in the direction that I'm going in every single day. And, 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 and this is when you know that you're in it. This is when you know that your life is full of chaos. And this is when you know you want to sweep it under the rug and make sure you don't have to see it. And I don't have to see it. It's whenever it starts coming out, it's like an explosion from my heart. And I'm embarrassed by it, so I make sure that I sweep it back under the rug. It feels like this. It feels like this. I don't know in your life... If you use these things for direction, I am so thankful for them, y'all. Like every day I use this. Every day because it will tell me there's a wreck on 85. Don't get on 85. Somebody say amen if you can skip that. <clears throat> y'all know how many times I've forgotten to punch it in? Going to Greenville, going to Easley, going somewhere that I've got a buddy that's a pastor and doing something and meeting with someone. And I get on the interstate and I get so mad at this mess. I mean, it's terrible. And all I had to do was look. All I had to do was have my course set in the right direction. But I'm frustrated because I just want to be right. I want to control my environments. I want everyone to look at me. And we say stuff in our own lives like, I'm cool with God. Y'all listen to me. But if anything ever happens to my kids, I'm out. Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> I thought it. thought it and I look back now and I think this I'm not even beating myself up over this I just think to myself that must be the thing I'm afraid of losing the most at that time that must be the thing where my heart is most fully set on and that must be the reason that I find myself in the mess that I'm in because it's so interesting to me that this verse says I delight 
in the law of the Lord and all day and all night, the place my heart is most fixed on. It doesn't mean that I can't think about other things, y'all. Because if you got a job to do, I understand. If you got schoolwork to do, I understand. We have lives and God knows it and he ain't mad at you. Matter of fact, God ain't mad at you at all today. He's come for you today. But, 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 but what we don't realize is our hearts are fully set on something else and we hope God will come catch up to us when we don't care where he wants to set us. But we'll say stuff like this. My destiny's in Christ Jesus. I'm walking toward my destiny. You're not. You're walking toward whatever your heart's locked in with. And we're mad that somebody's getting what you're not. And this is what's funny about that is it, he says right here, and it's not funny, it's ironic. He says, the wicked are not so, they're not like what verse 3 is about to say. They're like chaff. Everybody say chaff. Because y'all have seen it before. Y'all have seen them things that blow in the wind. And every time someone has an opinion, we just shift. We change. Because we're not locked in. Because this is why we change. We hope that we can control what you think about us. Because we want to hide our mess. We hope that the direction of our life is in such a way that everybody understands what we're thinking. Y'all, can I just help you with something? They ain't going to understand. If you need them to understand, then you are chaff. And I am chaff. And this has been my life so many times. I look back on my life. And I'm turning 38 this summer, so I'm not that old. But I look back on those years and I think, how many years did I waste? I believe God's used them. But how many years have I looked back and I see gaps in it because my direction was really like a hamster's wheel going around and around because every time someone had an opinion, I was willing to change. There's one opinion that matters. And in agreement in Christ Jesus, it really gets crazy and awesome. But whenever I'm worried about what you think and I want to control everything in my life, then the Bible calls me wicked. You know what's funny about the word wicked? Is we think of witch. Wicked witch of the West. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We think of these horrible people. We think of sacrificing animals that are weird and doing stuff. And like, we think of these big, dark, ugly things. We don't think about concealing our own stuff and trying to clean up our mess by ourselves. But the Bible says, as soon as my heart's fixed on something else and it is pulling me in a direction that is not God's way, this is Mark Pangle. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. So what does it look like if I'm not this way? Going whichever direction the wind decides, being pulled in every direction, trying to control all the environments, and, and, and my GPS is never set, and I'm frustrated that I don't end up where I'm supposed to go. What does it look like if I'm not this way? I'm like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither. You know what I bet? I bet there's some people in the room that feel withered up and dry today. And what you wish is that the pastor could give you something to make you not feel withered. Can I give you some good news and some bad news? <laughs> bad news, I can't make you feel not withered. Good news, he can, he can make you not feel withered anymore and it be your reality just like that by you turning the course and direction of your life toward him. Like it's a guarantee. It's not a maybe. This does not mean it's all good. Actually, sometimes there's detours in your road. There's detours on the journey, but that's because if we would get off that exit where it says to get off, it'll save me an hour and a half on the way to the beach. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Thank the Lord Jesus for some Google Maps if you've got to get on I-95. Goodness gracious. <laughs> but I'm still frustrated because I want to control everything, control everything, and make sure that you get me and not that God's got me. 
See, in this passage, and if you remember the, the picture that we're showing at the beginning, this whole series is going to be based on this thought. That God's river, the river of life that flows, that Jesus said, I'm the living water. He has a direction. And the Bible will teach us, and we're going to look at it later, that there's a direction that it goes that we don't really have control. We just follow. But what tends to happen is I anchor down and I say, I don't like this direction. I'm getting back out. And then we're not planted. Everybody say planted. We're not rooted. We're not deep rooted in Christ Jesus. We just hope he'll come rescue us wherever we decide we should plant for the day. Like, he is what gives me life. And when I'm dried up, y'all just need to know this is so cool about trees, and I'm not really preaching on them today, but we're going to get there soon. But do y'all know that if it doesn't rain for months, but I'm planted as a tree by the river, that that can nourish and refresh me and give me what I need for months and months and months until the river dries up and I got good news. His river never dries up. Doesn't matter how dry you think it is outside. We love to pray for the rain, but I want to be planted by the river. But I can't be planted by the river wanting my own way. And if my delight is in anything but Christ, I promise you, we're uprooted and we're going somewhere else. He says, in all I do, my leaf does not wither and my fruit produces. Y'all listen, I'm not responsible for producing fruit and I'm not responsible for not drying up. I'm responsible for delighting in the Lord, period. I'm responsible for where am I walking and if I'm not walking with him, if I'm not going in his direction to look and go, how did I get off course? Because I took my eyes off of Jesus. And I'm not responsible for prospering. And I know not everybody likes prosperity. But I got bad news for you. If you don't like prosperity, you don't like what the promise is of God in your life if you'll do what he said. Because this does not mean your money only. This means your life will be prosperous, period. He will give you exactly what you need to set you on the course for the day that you're on. And we're afraid of it because we think them preachers, them people, they just want people to prosper all the time. I, I don't want to worry about that. I want to worry about what God said. And he said, I will prosper if my delight's in him. He said, I will in his way. But here's the issue, and I love this quote. C.S. Lewis said this, and if y'all don't know who he is, he was a famous author who's passed away, but I love his works like the Chronicles of Narnia and stuff like that. But he said this about us. Our hearts are like idol factories. And you know what we think about when we think about idols? Because this is what I think about. I think about like images and like Buddha. And, and, and we, in the Bible, it was like Baal. And they put these dudes on, on a front porch thing and you go worship them and it's weird. And we make it weird. But the reality is I make up idols all the time with my own heart. Because guess what your idol is, whatever you delight in. We have a TV show called American. It's like, it's been one of the longest running, I think it's the longest running singing show. Now there's 170 of them. Now they spin chairs around because they came off, right? We do all these things to try to get famous now because we want to be everybody's idol. And I'm not saying that that, that show's bad. I'm saying that, that, that this is bad because we would chastise people if they put another God before him because that's one of the Ten Commandments, but we do it all the time because our hearts are idol factories. And you know what they do? They set the direction for, their, for our lives, number one. And the other thing they do is they create our mess. 
They create the reason. Our hearts create the reason that I have to hide all this junk up. And I don't know if you're like me or not, but I bet you, I bet you, a lot of you are. As you came in here today and you thought this, I hope he can help, but I don't want him to find out about my mess. And let me tell you what I know is that we all have them. And the, the thing that frustrates me about me is a lot of times I look out at the junk that's around me and the drama that's fixed, aid, or fixed on me and, and like it just feels like all this junk's happening. And I, and I say things like this, the devil is a liar. He's causing all these storms. He, he's coming against me. And I've realized this, the Bible says this, the devil cannot get to me. He might shoot some arrows at me, but he can't get to me. I've got Jesus in me. The Holy Spirit reigns in my life. He fills me every morning. He cannot get to me. So I love to make excuses that are to the devil that are really just my mess. Because how easy is it when I'm not getting what I really love to blame it on being uprooted by a storm? How easy is it when the thing that I'm delighting in most and I'm spending my time and money doing, is it easy to look away from where my heart is fixated on and think, well, I'm just being uprooted because those bad storms are coming in my life. To become self-obsessed, as self-absorbed is so easy. And the only thing we can think when that's happening is let me clean up this mess. As actually, we would all ask this question, right? So how do I clean up this mess? But what happens when you can't clean up the mess? Listen to me. What happens when the mess gets so bad you can't clean up the mess anymore? What happens when you look at your life and you go, there's really not any more room in the closet? What happens when you can't even find the way to put in your GPS anymore? What happens when you're so lost that you feel like you're just wandering and you go, mama can't help me, daddy can't help me. I'm just in a mess. When Lainey was two years old, two years old, I used to watch Lainey and Haston. Leah would go to school, and so I'd watch them and then take them. My grandma watched my kids um, every day until they were old enough to go to school, and so I would watch them every morning, and I would, I would be up most of the time. Most of the time I'd be up reading, and I'd hear them wake up just a little bit after me, and I'd have time to get ready. And this one morning, it was real early for Lainey, and I heard just crying and it was, y'all know that cry. It's that cry where you go, that ain't daddy come get me. That's, I'm in a mess. And so I hurried a little bit more that morning because my baby girl now, come on somebody. If, daddy's going to come help if he can help. I remember opening the door and I looked and I saw chaos in her room. She was two. I don't even know if she was that old. She might've been a year and a half at this time. And she slept with like the half crib. Y'all remember it? Like she could get out, but she still had. And her stomach was hurting overnight. And we knew that, so we gave her some Pepto. And I'm going to save you some details and just tell you this. I saw a mess. Y'all with me? I saw a mess. I've heard people say before, I don't know if I could deal with it. I've got a weak stomach. Let me just tell you something. When it's yours, <clears throat> when that's your child, 
There's nothing that's going to keep me from Laney. And I swooped in there. Y'all, do y'all know at that moment I wasn't worried about what got on me, what was on her, what was on the floor, what was on anything. I just wanted to hold her. I remember it like it was yesterday, every detail. And then I thought of this. Why do I think that this daddy, who is wicked in his heart, would give good gifts to his child? And my heavenly father wouldn't do the same for my mess. Can I tell y'all something? Every one of us walked in here with a mess. And I can't give you a broom to clean it up. But Galatians 1, verse 4, in the New Living says, Jesus gave. People ask me all the time, why should I give? Because Jesus gave. His life for our sin. I'm going to give you the translation according to Pangle. Jesus gave his life for my mess. Can y'all just picture this with me? I don't want you to close your eyes, but I just want you to try to picture it. Because whatever mess I described for you with Laney that day, my life is so much worse so many times. And it's like I'm sitting in a crib of my own life that I've made this mess in and I'm laying there going, nobody can come get me. Nobody will ever understand my mess. Nobody can help me. And it says Jesus gave his life for my mess. Just as, this doesn't even make sense, does it? Just as God planned in order to rescue, scoop up, pick me up, and take me out of the mess. To to not clean up my mess. We think so often, well, pastor, I got to clean up to come to you. No, sir. No, ma'am. It only took me one second to hear that cry. And I busted through that door because that's my baby girl. Listen to me. My God loves you way more than I'll ever love my daughter. And the second that you say, Daddy, rescue me, rescue me, he will rescue you from the evil mess of this world which we live in and I create for myself. Stop beating yourself up believing that God cannot rescue in your mess and cry out to God, I need you. I've delighted in things, everything but you, but I need you. I need you to come to my rescue. I need help. Help me, God. Help me, God. The Bible says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you are rescued, saved. Don't you ever believe again the lie from the enemy that you got to clean your mess to come up to God. You believe this. God was attracted to you in the middle of your mess. He loves you deeply. And what he's waiting on you to do is say, God, help me. Open your arms up and call him Lord because he'll call you friend. He'll bring you into himself. He'll call you son and daughter today. And he'll give you eternal life in his name. Will you bow your heads? I believe there's people in the room that need God to run to their mess that they realize that in their life, their life is not where they wish it was. And today is the day of salvation for you, friend. Today is the day where you lift your hands up and say, I need Jesus 
to save me. He died to become that mess so that I could have his life. And today I give him my heart and my life. Today on this Mother's Day, I choose to follow Jesus. If that's you all over the room, I just want you to throw your hand up wherever you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to throw your hand up so that we can know that you're the one that Jesus left the 99 for and ran to you in your mess. Jesus loves you so deeply and he wants to have that relationship with you right now to set the course of your life and change your heart and life. If that's you, just throw your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready to address this mess. Praise the Lord. I want to pray over you right now for every person in the room. And this is what I want to pray. Because can I tell you what I know as I pray? If we just wake up tomorrow morning and we say, I'm going to do better, we'll end up in the same mess. But if we say, God, my eyes are going to be fixed on you. My delight is in you. My hope is in you. And no matter what comes my way, even if there's a detour, I know that it leads to my destiny. And so God, today, my prayer is that every person under the sound of my voice is deeply and richly blessed. That there is nothing that a group of people that delight in you cannot accomplish in Christ Jesus. But God, my hope is not for their destiny. It's secured in you. My hope is in their delight that it will be in you, focused on you, that the way that they walk is simply with you. And that, that we realize that it doesn't matter how big of a mess we made, you'll come and rescue us. And so now, God, we turn our attention and our eyes on you and we call you Lord. We love you, Jesus. Listen, if you just prayed or you need someone to talk to you, as soon as the service is over, our prayer team's gonna be down at the front. I would love the honor of having one of our awesome volunteers to pray with you guys. So don't leave today feeling like you're in a mess. Let us walk with you. Now let's stand and sing here in God's presence. Mm -hmm.